0: Blogs are increasingly becoming a way Americans get information, whether it be gossip about Britney Spears or insights about their favorite Major League Baseball team. But what about blogs for medical care? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM Channel 157 the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Scott Hensley. He's the editor of the Wall Street Journal's health blog. An editor in the papers New York Health and Science Bureau, Mr. Hensley joined the journal in 2000 and covered healthcare and the pharmaceutical industry for seven years. He also wrote Follow the Money, an online column that looked at the healthcare industry. His story about Pfizer, Inc.'s failed attempt to develop an anti-aging pill was part of a series on soaring drug prices that a lot of our listeners probably remember, but it also won a New York Press Club Award for business coverage in 2003. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD.
1: Thanks, Bruce. It's great to be here.
0: Well, blogs are increasingly becoming very important in the fact that millions of people get information But the blogs at the Wall Street Journal and the blogs at the Tribune are different in the fact that, you know, they're news venues. If you could tell us a little bit about the Wall Street Journal's health blog, and also perhaps the other kind of blogs out there through your work as someone who had to research this before you created the health blog at the Wall Street Journal, and, you know, kind of what's out there and what's in it for the nation's physicians.
1: For people who are interested in seeing the health blog, the easiest way to find it is to uh, just Google health blog and two words. We should be the first thing that comes up in Google. There's also a URL, the old-fashioned way, blogs.wsj.com/health will also get you there. But so far, we're popular enough and our traffic is high enough that if you just Google health blog, you can find us. I spend more time looking at blogs then is healthy. I will admit it. I've liked blogs before and now that I'm in the business of putting out a blog, I'm always on the hunt for things that other people have written that might be interesting and that, you know, we might find a way to point people to or work into our own writing. And I am happy to say that some of the best blogs that I read are by physicians. And there are a few that spring to mind that might be a way to talk about sort of the different flavors of blog that are out there that people might kind of think about as they're looking about either what they would like to make part of their daily reading or if they were interested in blogging themselves, they might take a look at how some other people are doing it. I guess I would start out with one of the blogs that I used to read a lot when I was a reporter before I was a blogger, and it's by a primary care doctor who practices in New Hampshire who goes by the name of Kevin. His site is KevinMD. It's KevinMD, all one word, dot .com. His name is Kevin Foe, and he's a maniacal aggregator of health information every day. And so if somebody wanted to, you know, check what's happening in the world of healthcare as seen through a primary care doctor's eyes. I think Kevin's blog is one of the best places to go and he's a guy who writes posts that are a sentence or two long usually and then have a link to the primary source of the information and so in just a very brief scan of what he's putting out every day you can get a real roundup of what's happening in medicine and A lot of what he aggregates is the posting that's done by other doctors on other blogs. So it's kind of a one-stop shopping center.
0: What is his discipline, just out of curiosity?
1: Primary care doctor. And he writes some for the popular press as well. We blogged on some stuff that he did in USA Today. And he's pretty passionate about the problems in primary care right now and does a lot to kind of keep the spotlight on financial issues and regulatory issues and also clinical issues, and he's got an eye for interesting stuff. So I'd highly recommend his blog to folks.
0: That's interesting. KevinMD.com. I mean, how many doctors do you envision have blogs out there? It's really interesting because physicians are very busy. And my guess is is that a lot of these doctors that are starting blogs, and we know that there's obviously the efforts like CERMO and some of the other places, they must think that things like this are taking off, or it certainly must be a passionate way for doctors to communicate because they can not only talk about the problems they face, but they can generate communication, which you can't in any other venues.
1: I think for the folks who are serious about it, it's an outlet for the things that they want to tell people about or the conversations that they want to have. And I'll give you another example of a blog that's in that category. It's one of my favorites and it's written by a general surgeon in the Mountain States. He's anonymous, but I have talked to him and I believe he exists. And anybody who reads his blog would be hard-pressed to think that it was fictional, except where he does it intentionally. And he goes by the pseudonym of Aggravated Doc Surge. And the address for his blog is com. And when I interviewed him to find out you're a busy surgeon, how could you possibly have time to blog? You know, don't you have other things to do or wouldn't you rather spend time with your family? And he said, well, yeah, it is the case that it takes some time, but he often does his blogging while he's at the hospital where he does most of his work on trauma call. And if there's not a case, then he may have a few hours in the middle of the night where he's waiting for something to happen and that's when he puts together his posts. And I just pulled up his site while we were talking. And one of the reasons that I like his blog so much is that he's got a real sense of humor and he knows how to kind of put his humor to work and pointing out the foibles of the healthcare system. So he's got a post right now called Ode to Jayco where he takes the Ode to Joy from Beethoven's Ninth Symphony and turns it into a joint commission send-up. And he's got some good art and a real nice YouTube video to help get along. He's been on a bit of a, a Jaco kick lately, and one of the other ones that he did that was really quite funny was... Uh, He did a post in April called We Don't Speak the Same Lingo, and he took the two characters from those Apple ads, you know, the guy who's the young hipster representing Apple, and then the guy who's the sort of stodgy PC guy, and the stodgy PC guy played the role of the hospital administrator, and then the Apple guy was the doc, and it was really, it's really funny, and yet, in the humor, I think, points out some of the real kind of enduring problems in hospitals across the country where... The administrators and the clinicians just don't speak the same language and he's really one of my favorites. My only regret about him is that he doesn't write more often. He does have a really <laughs> busy job, so you know he may only post a few times a month, but when he does, it's really worth it.
0: Well, this is fascinating. It's almost depressing to me about the creativity of doctors and blogs. And then I look at some of the news venues out there. And uh, if you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinicians Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune. And joining me today is an old friend, Scott Hensley. He's the editor of the Wall Street Journal's health blog. And we're talking about doctor efforts in blogging. Mr. Hensley's blog has been around for over a year now. And Scott, if you will, is it that difficult or is it easy for a doctor to start a blog? If a doctor wanted to start a blog, how could they do it? And also, is there a huge time commitment? I mean, you were talking about the com and kevinmd.com up in New Hampshire. And a lot of these doctors are very passionate about the things that they're talking about just because of all the issues that they face. Is it that big of a deal? I mean, would it be that much of a time commitment for a physician to start a blog?
1: I think it's the sort of thing that people can kind of decide for themselves how often they would like to post or kind of dip their toe in the water and see how they like it. I think that the issues for doctors who want to blog may, as often happens in healthcare, touch on legal and ethical ones. You know, does the doctor want to blog anonymously or to do it in the wide open? Kevin M.D. is an example of a guy who his identity is known and he's blogging away and there you have it. And then there are plenty of other doctors who prefer to blog with some anonymity and it, I think, gives them a chance at times to talk more about clinical work, which as far as I can tell, they do a pretty decent job of keeping the confidentiality intact, there have been some rare cases where that confidentiality or the anonymity of the doctor has been breached. So that's a risk to physicians who want to blog if they go the anonymous route, that somebody may try to figure out who they are or that the physician may slip and let it be known who they are and then that could have ramifications. But I think both models, anonymous or out in the open, can work, and it's just something that somebody should think about before they want to go down the road of blogging. Technically, it's an easy thing to do. I think that's part of the appeal for people is most of the blogging software that's out there is pretty easy to use, and it doesn't cost any money to get started. We use software called WordPress, and a person can sign up and start a blog as fast as they can sign up for a credit card or faster. I mean, it's really
0: quick. The anonymous blogs, are they differ in some of the topics that they address? Because it seems like, you know, it might vary by specialty or as political issues or not.
1: I think they do. I mean, one of the blogs that I also like to look at as an example is one called the Happy Hospitalist. And that's a blog which is written by a hospitalist somewhere in the United States. It's not clear where. I have emailed with this person and have written about some stuff that they've done. So I'm pretty confident that they exist. And anyway, they get into some pretty heavy issues end of life care, some of the things that happen in the ICU. And I think that some of the details of what they do would be hard to do as graphically as they do if it were not an anonymous blog. We took a photograph that they had used on that blog and put it onto our site. And it was a picture that showed a hospital bed with about eight or nine IV polls, and then there was a very short blog entry or text under that that kind of explained that, you know, this was just another day in the ICU and that this was being played out in wards across the country and that it was symptomatic of some of the problems in end-of-life care. And that was a post where, we again, we ran that picture with permission, and it generated a lot of discussion on our site. And I think, you know, when you're getting into sort of controversial issues, Like that, it can be hard to do it under your real name, although some people do.
0: Well, the topic has been Doctors Who Blog, and our guest has been Scott Hensley, the editor of the health blog at the Wall Street Journal. We'd like to thank Scott for being our guest. My name is Bruce Japson, I'm the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune. To listen to our on demand library, which includes this show on Doctors Who Blog, Visit us at ReachMD.com. Register with promo code RADIO and receive six months free streaming for your home or office. If you have comments or suggestions, please call us at 888-MD-XM-157. And I would like to thank you today for listening.